14 hours, 16 hours are not unheard of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, get compensated in Welch fruit snacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's uh, that's my pay. Like, one <laughs> box of Welch's fruit snacks. Hey, fruit snacks. They go yeah, a long ways. They, oh, yeah. <laughs> they definitely do. I, I love me some Welch's fruit snacks. <laughs> Man, I got a fanny no, pack and that's just full of Welch's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Cinevibes, ladies and gentlemen. We have a great episode for you today. We sat down with our good friend Jeff Polina and talked yeah. about his work as a first AC and the process of getting to that point from mm-hmm. starting out doing cinematography, finding out that wasn't quite his thing and the journey he's been on. We have a good conversation with him. Yeah. He shares a lot of information about first ACing and talks very, not necessarily in length about cameras, but at least more in depth than I think a lot of people realize uh, is involved in the camera department. Uh, so if you're a lay film uh, viewer, then this may be a very informative episode for you just in how the camera department operates and not necessarily the hierarchy of it, but just the way they operate and communicate. So I think yeah. this is a really good episode to listen to if you're interested in being in the camera department in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's jump in with Jeff. Jeff, my man. What's yeah. up, dude? How, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. This is great. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thanks for joining us. We wanted to talk about your position in the film industry first ac yes right that's that's what my instagram says so nice. that's gotta the best, be official. the best first ac in the business uh that's i think pushing it a lot mm, i <laughs> think so man i've seen some but, of your work yeah you've seen seen all those fine Sharp focus focuses. racks <laughs> yeah those 1. Yeah. 1.8 racks 1.5 1. 1. on a 55 millimeter yeah <laughs> love it good stuff handheld no yeah marks. so how did how did you get into first AC? What were you just dying to use the dial? <laughs> oh no, I got into first ACing because like when I first started in the film business, I think I wanted to be a sim. Well, I wanted to be a cinematographer, mm-hmm. and because you know it's like when you watch a movie, that's like the big name on the movie. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. you got the director, you got the cinematographer. It's like I mm-hmm. want to be a big name because I want to make yeah. lots of money. And I started doing that for a little bit. Any kind of projects I can get my hands on, I would, uh-huh. I would go out there and shoot it. But then the more I did it, the more I realized that there's like a million people who are better at this job. And mm. I was like, I know there's still something I can do. Mm-hmm. And I liked the camera aspect. It was for me, it was always the hardest. I always struggled with lighting. So mm, like, okay. I yeah. didn't want to get into grip and electrics like that. I don't mm. know. There's something very abstract about lighting. That yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap <laughs> it's my... It's ephemeral, like, you may or may not get it right. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's just, 
it's it's just like there and like it's hard to like wrap my brain around it like seeing it <laughs> yeah so i also i enjoyed the cameras and it, you know it's like this intersection between creativity and technology the camera mm-hmm. department yeah. so it was like a natural draw to me so then i would just try to help other people who were up and coming cinematographers on their projects and i bought myself a, a uh follow focus and mm-hmm. I would just attach it to their camera and they would let me play around. And yeah. here we are. Yeah. Here yeah. we are. Tell us a little bit about what a first AC is for any of our listeners who might not know what that means. Yeah. So the first AC is the first assistant camera. They are the the key person in the camera department. So they're in charge of the camera department, which most the things I work on just consist of a first and possibly a second because I work mm-hmm. on, you know, lower budget stuff. If there's multiple cameras, then you start to get multiple first cameras for each camera that there is and okay. and second assistants for each mm-hmm. camera that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one, the first first is the key and he's just mm-hmm. making sure, you know, he's in charge of, he's like a technician. So in charge of maintaining the cameras making sure that they're in the right settings, that the camera is fully functional, that right. the batteries are charged, like simple stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they're also, the first AC also is a focus puller. So a lot of what they do is they keep focus while the shot is going on. So mm-hmm. when the subject is moving around in the frame, you got to be there with your wheel and you got to you gotta move the, the focus <laughs> as they yeah. move around in the frame. It's a very <laughs> technical job and but also could be a lot of fun and really rewarding when it works out, but also very stressful because everyone sees if something's in or out of focus. Like the sound guy's on set. He's there with his headphones. If like there's a plane flying overhead or like he didn't get the right sound, no one knows. They mm-hmm. you could just say it was good, but yeah, like yeah. everyone's watching the focus. And so mm-hmm. when it's out of focus, there's always going to be someone to say, was that out of focus? And then I have to go, yep, <laughs> yes, it was. Can we do that again? And yep. aperture yeah. matters with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that matters with that. There's aperture and also the uh, focal length of the lens that you're using can mm-hmm. make a huge difference. If you're on longer lenses, the depth of field, which is the space that is actually in focus, mm-hmm. is smaller. Same thing if you're on a, a wider aperture, mm. less space is in focus. So, you know, if you're uh, – I've done some shots where it's like we're shooting at an f1.5 – on a 55 millimeter and it's like I had 6.6 inches so half an inch almost half an inch of what's actually in focus and so when someone moves an inch half an inch that's in and out of focus so it can be really tough at a certain point it's just like there's only so much I can do and a lot of it is you know Relies hey, on it's the, artistry, the talent. you know, it, in it, and out exactly. of focus. Let it, like, that's, that's how they want it. That's what right? everyone tells me when something's mm-hmm. out of focus, but I don't no. believe it. I'm like, nah, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be sharp all the time. <laughs> yeah. I uh, That brings up a hilarious meme that I saw the other day. It was about how <laughs> we have focal length in millimeters but we record focal length in uh what is it imperial that we use so <laughs> like we inches use, and we'll stuff. Use, yeah, so we'll do yeah we do uh focus distance and in, in feet and then mm. we'll talk about lens lenses and millimeters <laughs> yeah millimeters so yeah, i bet those those communist units <laughs> 100 freedom units 
Nice freedom units. Uh, So the technical aspect, I love that you're talking about that. And I think that's something not many people really under like think about ever when they look at films. Like there is so much that goes behind it. You were talking about aperture and all these different aspects of a camera. And is that something that you enjoy talking about? Is that something you enjoy on set is knowing everything that goes on with the camera? Yeah, I mean that's I've I've always been a very technical person, like, mm-hmm. uh, so that's definitely one of the things I really enjoy about it. It's, um, I you know I've always just enjoyed how things work, and so mm-hmm. the working with the camera and figuring out how the camera works is kind of just like another aspect of that. It's like yeah. a way I can do that in my actual job. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, I definitely I like the tech technical aspect of it for sure, and. I, I wouldn't say I know everything that's going on all the time, but mm-hmm. you you have to know as much as you can in order yeah. to to get the job done. So, and I think that really helps out. Like even if you did at some point in the future step into the role of cinematographer, knowing at least as much as you do as a first AC helps out a lot, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely for sure. It's. Yeah, you for me, if I went into the role of a cinematographer, it would be about like the camera movements. Like that's kind of like the space I'm in. I wouldn't be able to think about it so much in terms of lighting because right. I'm there with the camera. I understand how it's moving to through mm-hmm. space and how that affects the emotion of shot, the emotion, the spatial of shots. relationship and yeah. storytelling through that. Sense. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I really enjoy. And so I guess the natural evolution of, you know, a lot of people are in the camera department because they want to be a cinematographer. That's like, they could be, I get the advantage of being next to the cinematographer all the time. You know, yeah. I'm always being listening to what he's friend. saying. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. In a lot of ways, you know, I'm communicating with him a lot because me and the camera operator, if it's the cinematographer or a specific camera operator, like we're right next to each other. We need to be able to communicate. So like you get that advantage being a, mm-hmm. an AC. So something you don't necessarily get so much in the lighting department. If you're just like a grip you're not talking directly to the, you know, the cinematographer necessarily. That's there's a whole right. bunch of different layers yeah. that you have to go through. Have you worked on a project yet where the DP is not the cam operator? What's that experience like if you have? Yeah, I've done it. So I've worked on projects where we'll bring in like a specialty camera operator. So where the camera operator will be a steady cam instead mm. of just handheld. So mm-hmm. I've worked it on like that. For me, it's not too different. You know, instead of talking to the DP directly, you just talk to the Steadicam operator and you learn what he needs and you help him get what he needs done as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So, but they also, they have their whole routine of how they like doing things. So they also will take a lot of the work away from me at times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think about all those people working together, you know, on a bigger project, you could have half a dozen or more people just supporting camera and the complexity kind of starts getting crazy from my (laughs) little bit of understanding of it. But is that something that you're excited to go further into? I mean, obviously we're all kind of at the indie level, if you will, right now, but does that intimidate you or is that something that you're just going ready to, ready to dive into? 
Oh, it very much intimidates me. <laughs> I, I get very intimidated. You know, I, people still ask me to get on projects sometimes, and I'm like, am I even qualified to do this? Am I, am I capable of yeah, this? Yeah, like imposter <laughs> syndrome is real sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. My Instagram says I'm an AC, but am I an AC? You know? <laughs> right. Am I truly? <laughs> yeah, no, but I I want to be able to do learn as much as possible. Like, I like learning new things, so mm-hmm. any chance I get to do something new, and whether yeah. that's like being able to work with someone who's kind of like showing me how it goes or just like diving in and having to figure it out on my, my own. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoy that aspect of it. It could be nerve wracking sometimes when everyone's kind of relying on you and you have no idea what you're doing. You're just faking it till you make it. Yeah. yeah. We've like, heard how that. does this piece of equipment work? Never touched it before. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't catch on fire. Oh man. You got to say <laughs> that you know how to use it and then learn while you're doing it. Oh yeah. Or yeah. tell them I know how to use it and then watch a bunch of YouTube videos before I show mm-hmm. up. Well, that I've brings that up the times. question yep. with learning about what you need to do and how everything works. Is there some point where YouTube just doesn't cut it and like being on set and getting the experience from someone more well-versed is the way to go or is everything on YouTube these days? To be honest, like, I mean, you can learn a lot on YouTube, but with specifically the camera assisting role, it's harder to find resources. Mm. You know, it's all about cinematography or, you know, making vlogs. Like that's 90% of YouTube like that. Yeah. That's the fun stuff that everyone really likes. That's the flashy stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So with that in particular, it's, I, I have, you can't find some, uh, definitely find some resources on YouTube, but it does come to its end very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, a lot of the job is just learning equipment and how it works and just practicing pulling focus. Like it's not something like you can learn the theories about how pulling focus works, Mm -hmm. but it's not until you actually do it and get the feeling yourself that it actually all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Having the nucleus in your hand. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's amazing. Before we continue the conversation with Jeff, here's what's going on in the news this week. Lance Reddick, who you may know from John Wick as Karen or from Bosch, was just announced to be in the next Netflix series of Resident Evil playing Albert Wesker. This series will follow Jade and Billy Wesker as they move through New Raccoon City, uncovering the secrets that their father had been hiding about the T-Virus. Now, if you're a fan of the games and also the movies, you may enjoy this as well, but the timelines will be different. Also, by the way, this will take place over two timelines, which may absolutely melt my brain. Coming out later this week, Siberia, starring Willem Dafoe, directed by Abel Ferreira, comes out on the 18th. This is the seventh time that Willem Dafoe and Abel Ferreira have worked on a project together. This film follows Willem Dafoe, who is a dead man, who lives in a frozen tundra and must face his dreams about his subconscious and past. Now, back to the conversation. What was your start in film about what got you interested in film in the first place and wanting to be involved with the camera you talked a little bit about it like how you you said you had wanted to be one of those big names initially but getting into film what was there a passion there about films growing up or did you have somebody you knew that was in film what was it uh definitely didn't know anyone Uh, (laughs) i wish um I mean, when I was younger, like really young, like we're talking 
seven or eight, I used to make movies with my friend's parents' camera. We would make movies whenever we would get together and hang out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it started pretty early, just enjoying making movies. And I think my my parents saw that interest in, in me and yeah. they helped me as much as they could. I remember my dad buying me my first like editing software and it was some oh. like it was like some random editing software like from Coral like Staples. Or something. I don't I honestly <laughs> I don't even remember how it worked. I just remember I remember having to like in input all the footage in real time. Like it wasn't oh. SD cards. It was like if you recorded for an hour, you'd have to wait an hour for it all to go. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was oh super God. old school. Um <laughs> so like that that's where it all started when I was younger and then it kind of fell away as I got a little older. Yeah. And then as I got to the end of high school, it was like, well, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The age old question. Right. <laughs> it it, it hits you pretty quickly. And uh, I was able to, I went to a relatively big church uh, when I was younger. And so I was able to work in their media department and they had a lot of like professional level stuff. And so I got a lot of hands on with the cameras and mm-hmm. doing a whole bunch of stuff with them, making videos for them. And so I got, my interest reignited back from doing that. And right. I I figured I, I need something to do. My senior year was coming to an end and there was a community college near where I lived where they had a teleproduction technologies thing. Mm. Uh, so I did that. It's a year program. I got, I mean, I knew a lot of what I was going like before I got into it. I knew a right. lot of the stuff already. So mm-hmm. it was kind of just a chance to refine skills and someone forced me to work on projects. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I don't have that person to force me. Right. No, I'm going it may to. Or may not get yeah, done. Exactly. So <laughs> it was good in that regards. So I did that, and then I actually ended up working for the school for three years as my as an assistant to my professor, mm. um, which was a lot of fun because I got to work with students and yeah. I got to teach them how to w- use cameras, which is mm-hmm. you know something I, I like teaching people things that I'm passionate about. Yeah. yeah. So it was really cool and to see the growth of students who have never touched a camera before in their life to go from like nothing to like making these awesome projects by the end of the year. Like it's a really cool feeling to, to experience that, to like be a part of that along Mm -hmm. their journey. So, and then that came to an end and I was like, well, now I got to figure out what I'm doing my life again. (laughs) And I just started, I tried to find jobs just being a PA on, on sets. And I found like one or two big PA jobs, you know, big sets where there's like 30 people. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. 30 people Mm -hmm. all making the same thing. Right. And you just meet people. And the more um, the more people I met, I would meet more people, work on more projects, and mm-hmm. I would always just hover around the camera department and just kind of like pester them, ask them questions, yeah. like, "Hey, can I push this this camera cart for you?" Oh yeah, sure, we'd love for you to push this cart for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know they give you, they eventually will start calling you when they need help <laughs> if, they, if there's uh, no one else available. It's like I might be the fifth pick on their list, but once they yeah. give you that call, You're- I move up. You're on the list. Yeah, exactly. That's all that really matters, honestly. Exactly. And I I think that's, you know, I was somebody who didn't, I was not in the theater department in my college. I was not a theater major, nothing. So I would be sitting in the shop helping out the set decks and all of them create the set. And, you know, one of the teachers came by and was like, who is that? (laughs) So nobody in the department really knew who I was other than maybe one or two people. And I think that's uh, some of the biggest stuff is putting yourself out there, even if you're not in that specific department, is just being like 
around them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just to grab as much as you can. It sounds like that's uh, oh, yeah. what you did with projects. Yeah. No, I definitely have done that before. Just put myself in a place where you're around new people who can, you know, who knows where that's going to take you. That's mm-hmm. it, it's when you when I look back at all the connections and how I've met people, like it's like the weirdest thing. Like if I really start connecting all the dots, it's like mm-hmm. this one job, like, <laughs> you know, created a whole web. Yeah, exactly. And so it's a really it, it's a cool thing. And I, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy being able to just meet new people and learn mm-hmm. their stories. And it's just it's fun. Would you say yeah. most of your connections are from? People you've met on set or that you've met at, I don't know, a film festival or some other type of gathering? I would, I would say, I mean, most of them are all on set. If it's not on set, it was, yeah, no, it was all on set. There's a couple of people who are just like in the, uh, you know, there's, especially in the Charlotte market, it's pretty small. So like there's yeah. a, it's a close knit community. So word does get around. So I guess. There's word of mouth where people are like, oh, you should hire this guy. He's a pretty cool dude to work with. And so I meet people that way. But it all comes back to working with them on set. Mm-hmm. So I would say it was definitely 99% of it for me. And also, I'm not really good at like social gatherings. So. <laughs> yes. Just standing I, there in I the corner. I'm the same. Like I grab a small group of people that I know. And like, I swear, if you start talking to me in any social situation, <laughs> you're going to be my best friend yeah. for that entire event. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always, I always follow, uh, you know, you always had that one friend that I follow around. It's like, you do the social stuff and I'll just stand behind you awkwardly. Mm-hmm. No, like, I saw these the worst when they're you. like, oh, hey, yo. And then they go to the other side of the party and you're like, uh. Yeah, you're like, well, now what do I do? Like, I guess I'll just go on my phone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me for sure. That's actually one of the, I. that's one of the hardest things for me though, is because I'm not that kind of like social butterfly like mm-hmm. putting myself out there has always been very difficult in trying to make connections. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that I know who they are in the industry just because I work with other people that have worked with them, but like they have no mm-hmm. idea who I am. You yeah. Know, Cause I'm not putting myself out there. Like it's a hundred percent. That's the main reason. And so it's always been something of a struggle for me. Yeah. How do you market yourself as a first AC? Like you have an Instagram, it says it there, maybe someone, someone's across it, but, are you like actively putting out that that's what you do or just happenstance that you've landed some of the stuff? I do. I mean, it's out there. That that's what I do. But like I said, I'm not very good at like promoting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so like most of the jobs I get are people I've worked with before or word of mouth. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Or there's been one or two instances where I've just like met someone for coffee and then they hire me for, you know, to be there. Right. AC. Which happened. This happened once or twice, but it's not the yeah. most common. Or I just apply to people. Will post on like Facebook and be like, "Hey, we need a first AC." And I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I can do it." And they're like, "Yeah, you sounds great." And they just look at my <laughs> my credits, and you know, they have no idea if I'm actually a good first right. AC or not. It's just like, oh, he's <laughs> just done it's it. Like twice. they haven't caught me yet. Exactly. <laughs> hey, I mean, basically, that's how I feel about my whole career. Is like no, no one, no one knows that I'm pretty much faking, and I have no idea what I'm doing the whole time. Well, we were talking with Gavin before, and I think that was one of the cases, and we've talked with other guests as well, but Gavin spoke very eloquently about it, is that he 
you know, when I look at sound department, Gavin's one of the first people that come to my mind. Yeah. I'm like, my man knows everything. Yeah. Because uh, I know nothing, pretty much. You put some headset on me and you ask me if the take was good. I'm like, uh. <laughs> sound. I mean, there was sound, right? I, I, heard heard I mean, I heard something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. He was talking about how he feels like he doesn't really, you know, he kind of feels like he's pretending sometimes and faking it until he makes it. And I think that's how a lot of people start in the film industry is faking it till you make it. Because people just, you know, if you say you're something, they'll just assume you know what's going on. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, 100%. But, but that's definitely not saying that, you know, when I when I think of first AC and camera stuff, as much as I love technical aspects, much like what you were saying about the camera, focal length, aperture, all that sort of stuff, I love learning about it. Uh, but I will say your knowledge most likely runs laps around mine. Yeah. And so it's really that level, you know, you, you look at these people that are, first day seeing on huge projects and you're like oh my god they're like einstein and then uh you're like oh i don't understand but then you'll find other people starting out like you were saying students yeah students they're like oh what do i do and then you'll find it but yeah Yeah, for a lot of people you know working in the indie or even like school project level like being a first ac is usually where you can get your start you know, mm-hmm. the camera, a guy who's used to just like doing it all yourself. And then just like, well, I finally need a second hand. So you just hire someone to do it. So that's mm-hmm. a, that's a great way just to like pick up student projects. That's a definitely a great way to get experience. And I'll take, you know, I'll, if anyone asked me to be a first AC, 90% of the time I'll take the job unless like, yeah. I know that you're not like a good person to work with because other people They're told not me, dedicated for but, it. Yeah. you know, if, especially if I'm not doing anything, you mm-hmm. know, I'd rather be out there re- refining my skills Mm-hmm. than to be at home watching YouTube videos all day. You know? yeah. So I'll take any opportunity to keep practicing that I can get. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if anyone really knows the background of mine and Jeff's connection, but mm-hmm. we worked together on quite a bit, actually. Me, him, and Gavin have worked together on a lot of projects. And it's interesting to see you progress from doing cinematography work where you know it was you had a camera you had good ideas for shots and then like we just piecemealed the lighting and hoped that it worked (laughs) and to progress from that to being on a bunch of different other people's projects as a first ac i feel like there's just a maturity there and like understanding at least the avenue that you want to go to. Maybe, you know, 10 mm-hmm. years down the road, you do cinematography again or you switch over to cam hopping or whatever it might be. But you found your way to progress, and I think that's really cool. And I wanted to talk about some of the projects, at least that I'm familiar with, that you've worked on, like maybe Live or Time After Time. Um, and then also you're going to be working on my next short film, Youth. Yeah. As first AC, which we'll be shooting just after this episode airs. Stay tuned. <laughs> what like changed when you think about your progression in this work? Like, do you feel like at some point, oh, I gotta get serious about this because I need to pay bills, or is it like I really love this and now I just want to put all my time into it? Probably the second one. Like, 
I, I've always known, I love being on set. Like even when I was PA, it's still, you know, it's fun being on set. Um, and then being able to work with cameras is just like even better. Like yeah. I, I just love it. And so that's, I think that's what it really came down to. And I think a lot of people take ACing as like a stepping stone into like being a DP or being mm-hmm. a camera operator. But like for yeah. me, it's something that I can see myself making a career out of, you know, for mm-hmm. the long haul. Cause yeah. I, I enjoy every aspect of it. There's, for one, it's a lot less stressful than being a DP. Like a lot less is riding on my shoulders. I just need right. to make sure the camera's working and that it's sharp. You know, I don't have to come up with a creative vision for the whole project, which is fun. <laughs> like I do enjoy that. And mm-hmm. I'm a very visual person. So like I can see projects before, you know, they're, they're materialized. But being able to actually execute is a whole nother thing. Right. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I could definitely, I, I love every aspect of being an AC and, you know, my goal is to try to make it a career. You know, eventually, maybe be a camera operator because I do mm-hmm. enjoy. I do enjoy the camera, so I enjoy how that tells a story. Honestly, if we're getting to real dreams, I wanna I wanna work with the the camera cars. You know, they put the camera okay. and they do oh, like yeah. chase scenes. That's that's my real yeah. ultimate goal. So. You want to be that man on the hood? That's just <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I want to be the guy in the car. Mission Impossible yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, okay. controlling the camera. Because like one of the reasons why I don't want to be a camera operator is because their backs are terrible. Twenty mm. years down the road, mm. like when you're, especially if you're doing dock work and you have this camera on your shoulder for like mm-hmm. you know five hours a day, like and it's like a thirty-five pound camera. Like, that's not mm-hmm. good for you. I don't yeah. want to do that. It's I don't have to carry. Yeah, laid up in bed twenty years from now. Exactly. Like that's <laughs> they. There is. I a long time ago. I read a study that the South Koreans did about the effects of camera operating on camera operators' backs, and it's really? just it's scary stuff. Yeah, mm. scary, scary it's stuff. Kind of like gymnasts and some of those types of people. They don't have very long careers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just. I mean, it's it's a lot. You yeah. know, and there's things to help mitigate that now with like easy rigs and stuff, but yeah. still. No. Yeah, and still there. Yeah, I want to enjoy as much of my life as possible. Yeah, that's, nice. that's my goal. So I know nice. you said that right now you just take virtually any project you get as long as you think the people you're working with are good people. What if you're moving into this next level, for instance? What are you looking for in terms of people to work with to say yes to a project? If there's an instance where maybe it's like, oh, I don't know, like kind of sketchy. What like is the green light for you? I mean, I would say 70% of it is the people, right? That's a huge, like you could do, like even bad jobs are just fun with the right people. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So people makes all the difference. And then also like, is everyone passionate about the project we're working on? You know, I don't want to, when you work at some levels and like, you're there, you're, you know, you're get bring as much passion as you can to helping what, whoever it is, create what they want to create. But like, mm-hmm. if not everyone else is on board and they start to bring the morale down and then, you know, your morale starts to get broken, brought down. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that will keep me from working with people. Cause yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is not an easy business. You know, mm-hmm. you work long hours, 14 hours, 16 hours are not unheard of. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You so, get compensated in Welch fruit snacks. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's my pay. Like one <laughs> box of Welch's fruit snacks. Hey, fruit snacks. They go yeah, a long ways. They, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> they definitely do. I I love me some Welch's fruit snacks. <laughs> me, uh, I get a fanny no, pack and it's just full of Welch's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Stay trapped with them. Yeah. But yeah, the long hours. Yeah. I definite I definitely am with you on that it's a people thing for me. So yeah. when I talk with people about projects and possibly working with them, I have to meet them face to face and yeah. I have to see them talk about their project because it's something I didn't really understand when I got into the business because I'm like, you know, this person could have a laundry list of just like projects they've worked on and just all these credits and I'm like, why would they choose, you know, someone who's got two credits other than like 50 credits? And I'm like, you know, it really does come down to people being very passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I, and that sounds like the same case with you is you like finding people who are passionate about things. Even if you are getting compensated only in Welch's fruit snacks, yeah. you're still like, I want to be on set with these people the entire time, that entire 12 to 15 hours on set. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it is when it comes to like, I mean, it, the people are really important to me. Because at the end of the day, like no matter what set I hop on, you know, whatever the project is, like I'm working with the same camera, the same equipment, like that doesn't really change for me. So it's very technical. It's not creative when, you know, if I was trying to be a cinematographer or director or an actor, like picking projects might be a little bit more important to me because you want to pick projects that connect to who you are creatively. Mm -hmm. So as an AC, since it's not, as creative in that aspect, even though there's a lot of creativity that goes into it. That's why people for me are more important. Cause like at the end of the day, my job is working with the equipment. It's not being creative. So I want to make sure I'm working with my equipment while enjoying the people I'm around than mm-hmm. working with my equipment and absolutely hating everyone I've worked with. Yeah. So luckily I haven't had many experiences where I haven't enjoyed working with people. Yeah. That's but, good. Yeah. That's really good. So most people I think are good people. Yeah. And I think most of the people that, I mean, I won't say at our level in a way of speaking down, but in a, it, like the indie level in uh, our markets sometimes can be people clawing their way to the top. And sometimes you can see that come out. But at the same time, I, I do find a lot of people working on these indie films that are putting in blood, sweat and tears for projects. And I swear, like, I, I keep hearkening back to it, but Fall Nights was that for me. I would drive two states away for those people, honestly, because yep. I knew they were putting in the time, the effort. They were putting in sleepless nights to get this project done. And I definitely, that's what kept me coming back yeah. for what I thought was going to be a quarter to maybe a half a year of filming turned into a year. I was still coming back because I knew like they still had that passion and that drive for it. Yeah. And that's really important because that passion and that drive is important for keeping morale high. Cause once you start to lose morale on set, it's mm. really hard to get it back, especially <laughs> when you get into those long days. So yeah, right. for sure. That passion is like really, really important. Yeah. So that's what you look for in projects that you take now, uh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Passion for the project is definitely something that I look for. And, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's like I know that 
I work with these people and, you know, I give them all I can get. If there's ever a instance where like I need them to help me on something, I know that they'll turn around and they'll help me because yeah. I help them. And it's not, I'm not doing it, you know, obviously for out them of, to help yeah. me out of that. <laughs> but like, I know like we've kind of forged that bond. So it's like, yeah. I know they're willing to do the same for me that I would do for them. So that's kind of another reason why I do it. And also each, each project I get to work on is just refining my skills so mm. I enjoy that and being able to experience new places, new people. So it's always yeah. exciting. I've never had a dull moment unless it's <laughs> like sit down interviews. That's a lie. I've definitely had dull moments <laughs> now yeah. that I think about it. Some of the commercial work. <laughs> yeah. That's the part that pays the bills. Oh, yeah. No, the duller it is, the more, the more money I make. I <laughs> that does not make sense to me, but maybe I'll never understand. <laughs> it's like let's shoot a bounty commercial all we're doing is wiping the countertops today full rate like a half a I'll day like yes everyone's I here. will take it let's uh let's shoot a mayonnaise commercial today yeah dukes love, love those mayonnaise commercials <laughs> what are y'all shooting oh my goodness if I had a dollar <laughs> for every person that asked me that and then like especially when I was at PA uh a lot of people come up because you're always on lockdowns so you're mm-hmm. holding you're holding back the the uh the 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 public from walking in in the background of the shot which no. is not always successful mm. and they're always like what Just are you shooting someone like, by in the background you're like <laughs> I, the other day i signed an nda so i can't really tell you so you have yeah. to be as vague as oh we're just shooting a commercial <laughs> it's yeah uh, you it's mentioned ndas that's something i really value in the film world is even if the project is like you know two hundred dollar project, everyone's working for free. When you sign an NDA, like people actually like hold up their end of the deal. Like yeah, no one part. really looks past that. It's kind of like a sacred thing. It's like I mean, if you do mention the sacred outside, thing you're, of you're not naughty. wanting to get sued. <laughs> right, nothing's yes. more sacred than than that <laughs> but Potential. it's like on a small project you know like yeah there's nothing in place there's no legal team or anything like that but people still like you know yeah. they keep it quiet and like oh yeah. no i can't talk about this like cool like i appreciate that and it's yeah not just like the actors because obviously you know the yeah. crew and everyone get to see the script and whatnot so yeah do you have any certain types of projects? I know you mentioned working in a camera car, but like what's dream project? Like 1917? Is that like I mean, that a killer blast. dream or is it mm. a, like I mean, a drama type film? It's hard to say what like a particular type of film I'd want to work on. Like for me, it's easier to say I just want to work on narrative features. Yeah. I think that's a better umbrella because. I like I like doing narrative work. I like the time you get to really take to make sure that everything's right. And yeah. it's like, oh, I missed that focus pull. Can we do it again? It's like very easy to like just pull the camera back and do it all again instead of, mm-hmm. you know, oh, no, the sun's setting. We got to go now. Mm. Uh, you know, the, we're about to lose the guy we're following on the documentary. Right. Stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I So I want to do feature film work and then – I like it also because it's like it's only for so long. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, two months you're working on a feature, a month you're working on a feature, depending on yeah. 
the feature and then the project's over. And I like I like one changing projects all the time because yeah. I very much don't like getting comfortable in whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like on something like maybe a show, I would just kind of at a certain point, you're just working in nine to five. But instead of nine to five, you're working 12 hour days, six days a week. And then you can't like that's not healthy. It's not a healthy lifestyle to live for a very long period of time. You know, mm-hmm. you need to have time off for your your mental well being. You know, physically, it's not healthy to work that long. Um, yeah, it's also not good for any kind of relationship you want to have with people outside of work. Right. Mm. You know, and there's there's been periods of time when like I'll be gone for like two and a half weeks for work, and then I'll come home for like a couple of days, and I'll try to squeeze in seeing all my friends, and then like I'm no. gone again for two and a half weeks, and so like. When you're doing that on a regular basis, it's hard to keep those relationships because that's something that needs to be worked towards. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned uh, you didn't want this steady job on like a nope. show because I feel like a lot of people, they're striving to find like, oh, let me get on Stranger Things or let me get on Big Bang Theory, whatever it might be. Yeah. And you want the variety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely like the variety. That's what makes the job so interesting. Is that yeah. I'm I'm never going to the same place twice. Yeah, I'm always working on something new, something exciting. Yeah. Even if it's not exciting, it's not exciting for like you know three days a week, and then you're on to the next thing, and then it's more exciting. And also, okay. like if you find a group of people, it's like you you take a job you never worked with anyone before, and you find out these people are not good people. It's like doing it for uh, on a lot of commercials, which is a lot of things I work on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you work for three or four days, and then you're on to the next thing. So it's right. like I could do anything for three or four days. You know, yeah. I could be the worst human beings on the face of the planet. I could probably put up with them for three you or four days. You can put on a smile for that for yeah, as long as they're time. not like physically abusing me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's that's, that's right. Another line. issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that that idea of like the variety and everything. I think that's what drew me to the film industry as well was because of. I would meet, you know, like you were talking about before, meeting so many people. You're working on different projects constantly, you know, that you're meeting new people every single time and learning about them and their journey to get to where they are at that point. And I think that's just what intrigues me so much is uh, about the film industry. It's just the people aspect of it, right? And I think uh, that definitely resonates in a lot of what you're saying it's just constantly having something new to do i'm one of those people that i can't sit still for too long either i have to get moving and do new stuff fresh stuff right no yeah for sure like even when i was working at that community college like i loved working there it was a blast working with students like it's something i was definitely passionate about but Mm -hmm. at the same time like being stuck there was also something I didn't enjoy. And there was a lot of other things that like reasons why it wasn't going to last forever. But like, it's also just like, yeah, I need to be out going somewhere new, experiencing new things. Like I, I, you get too comfortable in whatever situation you're in and then time starts passing by years go by. It's like, well now what? You know, it's like, I never want that to happen. I always enjoy like one of the examples I always give about why I enjoy it so much is I was working on this music video uh, I was in the middle of nowhere. We're at some abandoned, like a uh, closed carnival. Mm. And it's like three o'clock in the morning and we're like filming a llama on the set. 
And it's like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, this why do people have other jobs? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I've worked on one of the first projects I ever worked on when I was like right out of high school, when I was mm-hmm. a dumbo and had no idea what I was doing. I was a PA mm-hmm. and we were shooting on the shrimp boat. And like, mm. you know, we got to be on the shrimp boat for the entire day. We went out with them and, you know, you get to meet all the fishermen who live this lifestyle every day, like just shrimping out in mm-hmm. Myrtle Beach. Like that's those are like those people are amazing. Look, meeting yeah. those people yeah. or going to random mountain towns and just meeting the locals and being able to talk with them. Like it's, it's fun meeting yeah. new people. And it's like, oh, you live a totally different life than I live in like mm-hmm. a good way. Like yeah. we're both living different lives and it's fun that for this brief period of time, our lives are intersecting. Mm-hmm. Like that's great. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. I I try. Put that on put it on a poster and put it on the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As we pull things to a close here, we like to ask our guests what their advice would be or maybe what insights they would give to people trying to get in to the industry, whether or not Specifically, first day seeing, what would you say to those brave souls? <laughs> the first thing I would say is probably you have to be passionate about it. Because if you are not passionate about it, it's going to drive you insane. You got to enjoy every moment of it. Otherwise, it'll be miserable. And then the other thing is just like grab the bull by the horns and just do it. You know, it's something I've had to learn myself Yeah, is I just have to put myself out there. And if I'm not, you know, if it's something I'm not fully comfortable with, you know, as long as like not comfortable in a safe way, you know, mm-hmm. you just have to be uncomfortable for a little bit and eventually you'll get used to it and you'll be comfortable. So mm-hmm. you just got to grab the bull by the horns. Those are the two things I would probably say. Nice. Excellent. Solid advice. Just got to put everything into it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. I think that it uh, is important to enjoy this because there's a lot of aspects of this uh, industry that are not as enjoyable. Long hours and grueling days that may not be, they're not as glamorous as the final product. No, it's definitely not. You know, you're outside, it's July, it's a thousand percent humidity and you're like sweating. It's like, you don't even, your clothes are just wet. that's all you know at that point yeah exactly it's like has this been my whole life have i only been sweating since the day i was born and yeah it's it's awful and then like you're carrying heavy gear all the time you're like hauling it back and forth and then it's like oh no we got to go over here and then you haul it over there and then then it starts raining outside and it's like okay well this just made it worse and so yeah Yeah, no it's it's that's why you got to enjoy it because if you don't enjoy Mm -hmm. it it's going to drive you mad that's what makes those red carpet premieres where you're very oh, yeah. clean cut and beautiful exactly. on the red carpet, Dapper. just looking pristine, thinking Eggs. about all those days on set where you were just cold, yeah, wet. Exactly. And, just like, <laughs> and you know, everyone there was also cold and wet. And yep. so mm-hmm. if you're in it together. Yeah, it makes yep. it makes it a lot better. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. One other question we want to ask before you leave is what have you been watching recently? Ooh, um, I just finished Mayor of Easttown. Mayor on, of Easttown. On HBO with Kate Winslet. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, it's like a, it's one of those dark detective. Um, Noir? Is that yeah. a miniseries? Hmm? Yeah, it's a miniseries. It's okay. like seven episodes. So, Wait. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw this. Right. HBO Max, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, if you're into dark detective stuff, 
Nice. It's not the darkest of dark detective stuff. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. Uh, what's that other one? That's uh, what's the other HBO one that I can't think of? True Detective. It's not like True Detective mm. Dark or Sharp Objects, which is my favorite of all the dark detective stuff. Okay. Right. Um, but it's still it's it's a solid watch. You're not gonna waste your time watching it. That's how nice. that's how I describe movies and shows to people. Like, is it worth watching or is it not worth watching? Yeah. Well, right. they, you know, there's things that are like worth watching, even if you might not like it. Like you gotta, you know, sure. it's like worth watching. Or it might mm-hmm. might be the best movie you've ever seen. Yeah. Right. Go and see it. It. No, that's yeah. a good recommendation. Yeah. So I just I finished that show. As far as movies go, I also watched uh Manhattan by Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Manhattan. Oh. Yeah. I watched that last night. So that's a if you like Woody Allen, it's a good good movie. Yeah. Nice. Is that before or after Annie Hall? That's a good question. I want to say it's after. Okay. It feels like it's after. That's my only like barometer for him is yeah. like was it after that <laughs> or before it? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. That's exciting. Hopefully you get to go back to the theater soon. Oh, I've been back to the theaters. I saw what, uh, what, what have you been seeing? I saw skipping a, out on us, not letting us know. <laughs> uh a quiet place part okay. two. Ah, just gonna, I, I, I didn't, didn't know the barometer was like just what I saw in the movies. Hey, it's everywhere. The theaters are a happy place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Theater is one of the best places. Yeah, I saw A Quiet Place Part 2. I got Mm -hmm. a lot of things to say about that movie. You want to come back on for our review of it? Yes. For the episode, we'll have you back on so you can (laughs) give us all your spicy takes. Oh, yeah. All my spicy takes. (laughs) That's fantastic. Is uh, Quiet Place 2 the the most recent thing you've seen in theaters? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I saw something. No, I mean I can go back and check my AMC <laughs> stubs list. Yeah, because that's dig into the archives. This episode of <laughs> Cinevibes is sponsored by AMC Stubs. Yes, yes. yes. I'm AMC, joined please. being a lister today. Yeah. <laughs> see your uh, your theater attendant after the movie and see how you can get this movie for free. Yes. I got. I worked at AMC for a week. Really? Yes. For a week. That's a, a week. that's an incredible record. And, and then I quit. Mm. Um, the I should have known it. it was probably not going to work out when I got hired on the spot at the interview. Oh. Yeah. I was like, oh, aren't you supposed to like, aren't you supposed to like call me? me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like I did the interview and they're like, we're going to hire you. I was like, uh, aren't you supposed to like, let me go home and wonder. Yes. Isn't there some anticipation I need to be doing? Yeah, right. And so they hired me on the spot. And then I realized why. It's because everyone that worked there was a terrible employee. Mm. And I figured that if I stayed there, I was either A, going to hate working there, or B, I was going to become like one of them. And I figured both those options were not good. So I lied and I told them I got another job. Wow. Wow. So even in the other world, it's about who you work with. I just wanted to work with the projectors. Yeah, sure. that You're was a I think I, I mean, I think all of that's like done automatically now. Right. You just I was, look I, up in I there. Was apparently and no on one. the track to do that. Mm. So I don't know. In my week wow. there, yeah, I was playing on the fast track. <laughs> You're already on the fast track. Maybe you to, can. They yeah. were letting you run it. Maybe you can I mean, circle back to that in a, another life. Yeah. Yes. Maybe I want to retire. I mean, I, I would love to open up a movie I theater. I feel like you have to be old to do that. To open up a movie theater if you're projectionist. Projectionist. Be a projectionist. It just seems no. like something that an old wise person would do probably. well with. Yeah. <laughs> One day I'll now you just click enter. Probably. I'll become mm-hmm. old and I'll 
watch we will my all become movies. Old. I'll have yes. two. It's going to be a two theater movie theater, and it's mm-hmm. going to have every week. It's going to have like the one indie movie that came out that week, and then mm-hmm. the one like blockbuster. Are you going to reopen the Men or Twin here in Charlotte? I would love to. I don't know where that. I don't think I've ever been to that one. That's the all the last, good movie theaters are closing down. Like oldest one that closed in Charlotte. Uh, and it sparked the whole indie theater being built movement that you've uh, maybe seen. Luckily, like luckily, AMC has like the year prior to COVID, they were mm. starting to do pretty well with like the indie movies. Like they oh, had right. a lot of yeah. like they had a lot of good movies that were showing up there that normally wouldn't show up there. They, mm-hmm. they started doing pretty good, so I was I was happy yeah. with it. Because for a um, while, at least around here, it was Regal. Yeah, Regal. And then they that closed Regal all the Regals. Yeah. And I was sad. Yeah, that closed down. Sad days, man. It was a tough year without the movie theaters. The first yeah. movie I saw back at theaters after COVID was Tenet. Mm-hmm. Ah, that was yeah. for me as well. Yeah, it was like last July. And it's like, I felt the safest in the theater because no one was going to the movies. Yeah, you're oh, probably yeah. the only person in there. Yeah, I think I was. <laughs> me and my friend that I went with. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Like, there's nothing. You can't, even if you have the best sound system at your own house, like, it's yeah. the communal aspect of being at yeah. a movie theater. Even yeah. the communal aspect of being at a movie theater where you're the only one in the theater is yeah. still oh better than being God. at home. Having, a, having the theater to yourself, honestly. Yeah. It's yeah. like you got that big room and that big screen. You don't have a 50-foot yeah. screen at your house, probably. Well, that, yeah. I mean, I think that brings up another conversation for another episode, but just theaters for me... They're, they are a reason for me to disconnect from the world. And when you're watching films at home or watching anything on your computer, uh, TV, whatever it is, it's just not the same. No. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. You got, you got too many distractions at home. Yeah. When uh, you're at the sure. theater, you got that film. Yeah. It's, it's just like you in that film. Exactly. There's nothing else going on. You can't check your phone. People are going to be mad at you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're gonna sure. have the old lady in the uh, seat behind you kicking you oh, in this yeah. back. Actually, <laughs> she'll be the I, one talking the whole time, and it'll be very annoying. It's well, <laughs> always the order for I mean, at chat. the end of the day, it's like like I, it's the communal aspect of going to a theater that I enjoy, and it's like yeah. you know I could watch a movie at home by myself, and then like at the end of the day, it's like I feel like I didn't even watch that movie because no one experienced right. it with me. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you come out of movie theater, you know that the person right next to you just experienced the same movie as you. Especially mm-hmm. when it's like an amazing movie, and like oh. you're just like, oh my god, and the other person's like, oh my god, like, that's <laughs> yeah. just like it just solidifies the fact that like, yeah, I just witnessed this. Like this happens. Otherwise, it doesn't yeah. exist. If you don't experience it with someone, it doesn't exist. Is basically that's right. <laughs> that's my core philosophy. That's fantastic. That's great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, oh, for yeah. being on the Thanks podcast with me. us. Anytime. It really means a lot. How can people find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram at Jeff underscore Polina. Okay. And I'm pretty sure that's the only place you can find me. I'm like semi-active. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go through spurts. Yeah. So nice. You're, you, sure, you sure a good bit of photography. Yeah, I do. I love I, that. I, I love your photography stuff. I do take some photos. Um, some I have it in a long time. <laughs> I need to go back out there and take some photos. I just haven't yeah. been doing. Like I don't. I don't take my camera on set like some people do. He's also um, been known to shoot a little Super Eight film mm. when there's a camera around. Oh yeah, and then lose all that footage <laughs> <laughs> because that it was... malfunctioned and he didn't actually record anything. Malfunction <laughs> slash the footage. The film was put in upside down. 
Mm. Oh, <laughs> sorry. This is going somewhere specific. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you being on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. It really was a great time sitting down talking with Jeff. Hopefully you learned a lot about what it takes to be a first AC and a little bit more about film and how it's made. And then just learning about Jeff is great. He's a great guy. Yeah, fun dude. Has a lot of insight and really understands the idea of having to work through different phases to get to your goals which is something that everyone has to do in the film industry whether you're acting or working crew uh you might have to start as a pa and Mm -hmm. it's not the worst thing ever you work the long hours and eventually you get to where you want to go yeah and he raised raised a lot of good points about having passion and drive to be in the film industry which i think is pretty much key if you want to get into film at all is that drive to continue in those long days and grueling hours and Absolutely. if you want to get into the camera department cinematography or first ac whatever your uh, passion is and what you want to achieve even if first ac is a stepping stone jeff is a perfect example of someone who is very intelligent and very smart and is willing to make a job and a career out of being a first AC. So it's not like you have to look at everything as a stepping stone. Maybe you just find a aspect of filmmaking that you enjoy. Yeah. So just take he's one a perfect step. example of that. And of course, if you did enjoy this episode and you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do that at the Cinevibes where you can see other episodes we've released and mm-hmm. other hot takes and top-notch content and all the things that we put out on there and if you want to resort back to a more formal time a more proper time you can send a more primitive way of communicating yes (laughs) you can send us a little email and you can do that at the cinevibescast at gmail.com we would love to hear from you that is cinevibescast at gmail.com send us all your hottest takes anything uh tell us how much you loved Jeff, and how much you are dying to become a first AC after listening to this episode. Because honestly, I'm having a, a change of heart, honestly, <laughs> right now. <laughs> Just going to go out and buy a nucleus and focus yes, fully. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, no, that that takes a lot of technical skill that I think that, that requires a different type of brain than what I have. But with that being said, send us everything. Send us all that you have on your heart. <laughs> yes. And while you're doing that, subscribe. Follow us. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We want to hear from you on those platforms. We want you to see what's coming out. Stay up to date. And we got a lot of great content already out and some mm-hmm. great content to come. So with that being said, we are out. Mm-hmm.